0: everyone and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we tackle 21 big questions about life, faith and Christianity in about 20 minutes during 2021.
1: My name is Rich Jones and I'm a pastor here at Living Rock Church and this is my good friend and colleague, Mike Shooter. Yes, that is my name.
0: (laughs) This is episode 16, and the whole series of 21 questions is available on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church, or you can head to the description below with all the links you could ever find to every podcasting platform that you'd want to listen to it on, or that's pretty much it. But, (laughs) you know, there's loads of stuff there, so go have a look. Yeah. Um, This, as I say, is episode 16, and we are going to be asking the question this week, is God sexist? It's a bit of a cheeky question if you like because it's a bit cheeky. Our answer straight away to that is of course no <laughs> but um the, there has been a lot of criticism leveled at Christianity over the years about um Christianity subjugating women putting women down mm-hmm. the bible not saying anything about women um I've you know there's 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 been criticism leveled, leveled at um Christians saying that they're anti-women um and in a uh, 19th century feminist um Elizabeth Cady uh, Stanton wrote, the Bible and the church have been the greatest stumbling blocks in the way of women's emancipation, wow. which is an incredible um, statement to level it is. At, at Christianity and faith. And so we should explore this question because um, actually the Bible has pretty much the opposite to say about women. Um, and we'll get into why that is and, and explore some of those things. Yeah, so. and it's
1: also helpful to kind of counter um, what Elizabeth Cady Stanton says with, I mean, when we picked up the stuff of what's Christianity ever done for us, one of the mm. things we did talk about—if you've watched that—I don't know what number that—twenty-one questions—that was <laughs> somewhere in the double Back figures. In the past. <laughs> but uh, talked a lot about the emancipation of women being directly linked to Christianity. That the way that Jesus treated women and talked to women um, set a new kind of trajectory for how uh, Christians treated women, and also that many Christians were responsible for saving um, abandoned baby girls from mm. from death because they were often abandoned by parents who didn't want, uh, in, in the Roman Empire, they didn't want to have a girl. They were actually adopted into families and many other things that describe why um, the Bible kind of promotes and values women, uh, especially during a time in ancient history where women were property, mm. um, overlooked, forgotten, not given any regard and seen as property essentially. And the Bible transformed that view.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, and Jesus in himself transform that view but yeah. i mean we'll, we will come on some of those things in a bit um but i suppose some of the i guess some of the points specifically that um mm-hmm. are, are raised against christianity it's and a common from it's, the bible it, this is
1: what you what we're picking up is a common yeah it, thing that people you know people do talk about so it's good that we're picking it up definitely something that's leveled at it. christianity yeah
0: i mean some of these come from the idea that you know genesis 3 um, Adam and Adam and Eve both sin, but um, in that story, uh, Eve is the the kind of the per- first person to pick up the fruit and eat it. Sort of so of this question it. yeah. Mm. So, so she she initiates it. Well, that's what how it's presented anyway. And and so there's this idea that well, you know, it's kind of Eve's fault. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's all women's fault that sin even exists. Well, that's and- what Adam
1: Adam's first response is. It was the woman. I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean he yeah. does he does try and blame her definitely
0: um and then you've got some of the laws that are given in in, in Israel's history about women and uncleanness and um uh, and and part of their menstrual cycle being unclean um you've got uh women being classed as unclean during childbirth um in yeah in and Leviticus it, and the law they're and, kind of
1: made to kind of, they're they regarded as unclean for longer when they've had a girl than when they've had a boy so yeah. again that's becomes um quite a contentious thing yeah. if people pick that up.
0: In Proverbs, which is a, a book of wisdom, um the the seductress is always a woman who kind of leads the innocent man into um, a trap, into a a trap and, and, and a snare. <laughs> um, so there's things like that. Um, women are told to submit to their husbands, to, to love and obey them. Paul has some very specific things that he writes in his letters to the churches that seem to, um, out of context, kind of demean women or put them down or remove opportunities from them. Yeah. Um, and, and so there, there is stuff in the Bible that especially out of context, not understanding the culture at the time, not actually how... Having you know, a lot of people then haven't read mm. what surrounds a lot of those verses, yeah, um, and they just pick something out and then go, "Well, the Bible is sexist." Then, so it'd be, maybe we should tackle some of those, some yeah. of those questions, and because just,
1: there, 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 you know, that's just a few instances where people would say, "Look, the Bible <laughs> says that women aren't, aren't are rubbish." You know, in the yeah. view of God, in the view of the Bible, in the view of Christianity, in the view of Judaism. Um, because you know, just just some of the things you've described, and so they have to be they have to be talked about. Um, yeah. We're not going to pick up every example here, no, but there's always a counter to to that perspective. And and you know, the key was you 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 talked about context, yeah, and understanding that. But I think we were chatting just before we started recording this about the misuse, yeah, um, and maybe you could pick up on that a little bit. Just firstly, that that for, that that issue.
0: Yeah, one. So one of the things that we talked about. Uh, again, I think in previous episodes is the misuse of scripture throughout history, um, because because Christianity is this central religion of the of of kind of the medieval and ancient world, people understood that if they wanted to get things to happen yeah. politically, if they wanted to send. Um, you know, England's armies over to Jerusalem and get in and and kind of go about the Crusades, they had to get the church on board, Mm. which meant they had to be able to justify what they were doing Mm -hmm. um, from a God perspective. Mm -hmm. So they would take scriptures out of context, they would have priests and and people who weren't really following the teaching of scripture to back up what they were saying. It's just and, totally misuse. Uh, yeah, and it's a massive misuse. You yeah. Know, even, you know, in the um in the emancipation of slaves mm. um uh, and, and slavery in you know not too distant history the bible was misused mm-hmm. to justify the keeping of slaves exactly yeah and um and so you can't say well christianity and jesus and what he stood for and what he believed you can't equate him and what tr- christianity is supposed to look like mm. with those abuses we don't you know look at cars if somebody uses a car to hurt someone mm. we don't go okay well, you can't have a car anymore and we're going to love the evil that the cars are evil it doesn't just doesn't make sense and we know that mm. um and and it's the same with faith and christianity
1: so you got that on one side almost like a misuse from within mm-hmm. and then i think the other challenge is you got a misunderstanding from without or you know a misinterpretation from without so so there are some people that would level criticism be- about what the bible says by taking things out of context or by misreading what's been said and misunderstanding it Um, recognizing some things are symbolic, for example. So a prime example of that is ancient Rome. The church, the early church, um, was persecuted. And one of the things that they used to kind of make people suspicious of Christians in the early days was the fact that they were called cannibals. And they were called cannibals because Jesus says, well, if you want to belong to me, if you're my disciple, you'll eat my flesh and drink my blood. Talking about communion, talking about the The Eucharist, the the bread and the wine. Figuratively, yeah. It was that was taken and misrepresented and said, Look, these these dodgy lot, they're all cannibals. We should really like be, be afraid of, of them. them. We should probably kill them, wipe them out, make mm-hmm. sure they don't have any influence, make sure they don't have any jobs. You know, they become the ostracized by society because of a misunderstanding and a mishandling of of, of scripture as well from without, not just within. Yeah. And I think those two challenges have led to some of these misconceptions about God and women, the Bible and women. Jesus and women that we want to try and address a little bit today.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. So starting with Eve, um, it's all about Eve. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting because like you say, God, when, when Adam, um, kind of tries to justify what's happened, they're both eating the fruit at this point. they have both disobeyed God, mm. um, and decided we're not, um, uh, we're not going to believe what God has going told to us. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to obey him. Um, Adam's first response is, she made me do it, (laughs) basically. But that's not, like, that doesn't fly with God. No, that's right. (laughs) So even though that's his accusation, that's not what...
1: No, he pulls Adam up. Mm. And and you kind of need to go back right to to the beginning. You need to go back to Genesis 1, because actually you see this little conversation that goes on in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They're not mentioned, but there's a conversation that's happening... In, in within God. Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe we should do a trinity one, but oh God head on. <laughs> but they say let us make man or mankind in our image. Um, and let us and, and let us make ma- male and female. Yeah. So there's this description of mankind is male and female and their job as male and female is to represent us. Yeah. And to rule and to have dominion in the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply and to to rule. Yeah. so so that's right there in Genesis one in Genesis 2 God creates Adam yeah this like Adonis from the mud <laughs> that he then breathes his own breath into but God actually looks at Adam and he says it's not good that he's alone he needs another and takes in in the in the Genesis story takes the rib mm-hmm. takes a rib from Adam puts him to sleep first cause he's very good and then creates Eve and then Adam wakes from his surgery and looks across and there's eve and he said like, at last you know this is woman of um you know bone of my bone flesh of my flesh and yeah and god says right now it's very good yeah because the, the, there's a man and a woman together and and so the, the this kind of original decision in genesis one is fulfilled in genesis two and then to do that together into genesis three and then together they they fail at that mm-hmm. you know they they disobey god as you've described but although in the story and Eve is the first one to kind of engage with the serpent who tempts her to take the fruit and if you don't know the story I'm sure you've got a bit of awareness of it but it's when when god pulls them up for it he actually addresses adam yeah and part of the challenge is probably adam hasn't spoken correctly enough to eve about what, what the limits were. are in the first place because yeah, yeah. she doesn't seem to fully understand that and mm-hmm. that could well be down to Adam's issue not hers mm-hmm. and also the the buck stops with Adam for God mm-hmm. um, and his responsibility for them both for yeah. Adam and Eve
0: where was Adam when the serpent's telling Eve all this stuff when yeah. he's convincing her and, and 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 tempting her in this way you know her husband's nowhere to be found yeah. to protect her and care for her and be alongside her in,
1: exactly. in dealing with those yeah. challenges and yeah.
0: stuff so it
1: and, and she's described as a helper to him. Mm. And again, that can sound quite derogatory or a little bit like, oh, second rate. It's not at all. Actually, God himself, that same word in the Hebrew, God is described of God himself as our helper yeah. in some of the Psalms and the songs that are sung. You can't tell me that's demeaning God. You no. can't demean God. And so therefore, it's just, it's just really helpful to have a thorough understanding of the whole context of scripture when you take a text... Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes a pretext if you don't put it in context. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's really helpful for us to understand that.
0: And then when it comes to the law, so Levitical we, we law, get yeah. through Genesis, Exodus, and then God kind of gives the Ten Commandments and then expands on his law and how the nation of Israel is supposed to live. And again, seemingly when we get into Leviticus, we get into these rules for living. Mm-hmm. Women are... It, it's, Especially again, we've got to think we are looking from from one culture mm-hmm. into another. yes so that already is going to distort totally what we think yeah um, But from our culture it looks it looks quite um, m- m- uh, disrespectful mm. to some of the things it says about women. So sh- can we contextualize some of these things th- a little I, bit?
1: I think it's right you know you're talking about we're looking back three and a half thousand years on something to a certain group of people at a certain time in a certain place mm-hmm. and and the laws that God gives some of them are moral laws they, they stand the test of time no matter what yeah. morality is morality yeah some were um, worship related liturgical ceremonial laws so they yeah. were about how the priests were to function the sacrifice that they were to bring and then some were just like um, laws for the community of a group of people who happened to be living in tents in the wilderness um, in around fifteen hundred BC, and therefore yeah. what they need to do to survive and to thrive and to not struggle with illness and sickness and um, mishandling of relationships and all that sort of stuff. So, so there's those three kind of categories of laws that God gives. Yeah. And I think the, the 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 laws that He gives to women at this point are fall into that third category of this is for people who are living in a certain time in a certain place mm. under certain conditions. And we know that um, this isn't just about blood, but we know that bodily fluids transmit disease that if Mm -hmm. you you can you but that was not nobody had any idea about that then no but a woman was to um, remove herself a little bit from kind of the community and was was classed as unclean which is maybe not as terrible as it that may sound, <laughs> but was, she was to remove herself from certain situations um, when she was having her period, her monthly period, and and of course there's 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 a, there's loss of blood during that time, mm-hmm. and the opportunity for infection to take place through bodily fluids that have been left somewhere that somebody else could touch an area where she, where the woman's been sitting. You know, the sanitary products weren't as they were, no. and it's just it's just a practical thing. And in the same way, men who would ejaculated if there was semen. Um, they were to also be unclean for a period of time yep. for, for the rest of the day until they'd wash themselves and clean themselves from yep. that, from that point. Again, knowing that this bodily fluid can transmit Disease, if, if 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 that person is infected in any way, and so, so the, I think it's 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 important to recognise that there mm. are lots of things that God put in place, like not eating shellfish, yeah. which you I don't earlier. really
0: know where they'd got in the desert anyway.
1: But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when they got past near water and stuff like that, but the, but these were like the you can get freshwater shellfish as well, okay, and okay, and they yeah. like they're the cleaners, they're the bottom cleaners for um, the, the 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 water, not your bottom, and. Um, <laughs> and God was saying firstly they're not healthy for you to eat because they can carry disease if you eat them and you don't cook them properly and secondly the environment needs them to do their job so preserve them you know so mm. there's just lots of things on reflection you look back and think there was real wisdom in that law but to the people at the time it's like okay why <laughs> yeah. you know but 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 i think it's it's helpful to do that even with the the, the restriction around having a baby girl versus a baby boy you know I don't fully understand the reasons for why it was 40 days for a boy and 80 days for a girl that a woman needed to sort of be regarded as unclean. But um, what some people would, would suggest is that it, it sort of showed that the the level of ability for a woman to create, the to create, to create life because of her physical makeup, you know, her womb and her it's ability incredible. to produce and create life, that God was sort of saying, you're so valuable in that, that it just takes a little while longer for that purity to be restored because of the level of creativity that you carry so you know something could be seen to be a negative thing or you could flip it and say actually god mm. is saying no this this is how holy this mm. this situation is and it just takes a little bit longer for that to be recognized yeah. in over time does that make sense yeah I know, yeah, done yeah. A good job of explaining and, and that. i
0: think one of the other things within that as well is you got to th- <laughs> um by by being kind of called unclean either mm. menstrual um during menstrual cycle, uh, you know, after pregnancy, um, uh, a man and his emission of semen. I think the thing we've got to remember is what uncleanness meant. Actually, it was kind of a restriction of duties, what you're able to do, totally. and yeah. and um, in some ways, you see the wisdom of God in actually just saying, you know what, ladies, after you've after you've given birth. Mm-hmm. You need to rest. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, need a break. Yeah. You need to actually recover. Totally.
1: And um and ap- keep your baby out of the mix of being in a community when the bit newborn baby also needs to start to take the mother's milk, develop their own immunity and stuff. So these protection even for the baby, arguably.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of these things, like you say, it's after the fact when we understand from a scientific perspective, yeah. you can you can kind of marvel a little bit yeah. on some of this stuff that would be classed as you know, well, I don't understand that. And and it's potentially be considered offensive. But actually, when you look at the wisdom of God um, in the scriptures, you see time and time again, and not just with this stuff, but all through the law in the Old mm. Testament, you see these things. And, and like you say to the people at the time, they're like, yeah. why are we doing this? Yeah. But now with the, the lens of science and understanding mm. and biology, you look at it and you're like, wow yeah
1: god well, that's incredible the circumcision was imposed on men not women and just to make that really clear it was yeah. only the men that were to be circumcised female circumcision is is abhorrent and yeah. god had there's nothing in the bible to support no. that at all but but for men they were to baby boys they were to be circumcised at the eighth day mm-hmm. onwards and um again there's evidence now retrospectively that says that uh, if a man has had has had been circumcised it reduces his risk of penile cancer and it also reduces the risk of cervical cancer cancer of his sexual partner partner so so again even there there's this retrospect you know you Mm. can see that there's a benefit to the the individual and also to the to his wife yeah yeah, yeah. um which again is is a protection and and you know you mentioned about the seductress well actually in the book of proverbs wisdom is personified as a woman yeah so actually the opposite of that uh, to be wise is 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 a feminine trait you know wisdom is personified as a woman so therefore held in very high regard in the book of proverbs so Absolutely. again you can't just take one thing and no. not look at it in the context of other things No, in the and, same book
0: and the fool and the sluggard are always presented always as men. a man so you know we're, <laughs> we're the lazy fools and um, the, you swinging know, on the hinges,
1: <laughs> turning in his bed,
0: and a, a woman is actually you know personified as wisdom, which is the whole point of the book. Yeah. So, like you say, exactly that. And you, you've got to put these
1: things in hus- context. Husbands, uh, wives submit to your husbands. You mentioned that one, mm. and then Paul. If, if anybody was reading that in ancient history you know when it was ri- when it was written as a letter all mm. the, nobody would about an eyelid men or women no, women not. submit to your husbands it was like yeah of course but then what the revolutionary thing was what he says next mm. husbands love your wives as christ loves the church <laughs> love your wives as much as you love yourselves and your mm. own bodies that you look after your wives as, as you look after yourself that was revolutionary. That was like that totally transformed the dynamic in a marriage yeah. where the wife was subservient, the husband was the boss. Yeah. But actually, Paul says, "Hang on a minute. Yes, submit, but husbands, you sacrifice and you you lay everything down for your wife. You love her sacrificially, and that just totally yeah. changed the game. Yeah. You know, that was it. Flipped it on its head. You know, mm. that's the least sexist thing." Yeah, you could do, and uh, you know, if arguably it's sexist to men, yeah, because yeah. It actually it's been the, the pressures or the, the responsibilities put on the man to love his wife in that way.
0: Mm. It's it's huge. It's a massive um, responsibility, yeah. I think, and um, you can't get away from those things. And then we we also I uh, mentioned the stuff about Paul and what he says, and and there's multiple different things in different to different churches because yeah. Paul writes, writes a lot Timothy, of letters. He writes to
1: Corinthians, particularly about related to women. In exactly. And
0: but again, if you look at the context of a lot of those things, we haven't got time to go into them all today because they, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> people have written literally, literally books on it. Um, but it's suffice to say, if you look at the context of these things, mm-hmm. Paul clearly isn't insinuating women um, have no place in teaching in the church or that they have to remain quiet no. At all times, um, he, he's not insinuating those things. No, because
1: he actually talks about conduct of how a woman should address the church yeah. in one Corinthians eleven, and then in one Corinthians fourteen, he says women should be silent in the meeting. But it, but he's talking he's he's talking about two different things, and it's about all about context.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Um, so it's really important that we get that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think one thing that would be really helpful for us to move on to is because where we would. Um, potentially clash with culture and i don't think um i i personally think that a lot of people i speak to christian or not do still have this view but culture is is moving away from this idea of um complementarity complement complementarianism Mm -hmm. which is the idea that that men and women are supposed to complement each other they're and because they're different. Because they're different, and we do believe that the Bible teaches that men and women are different. Yes, and they have different roles. They mm-hmm. have different functions. Their bodily makeup and and who they are, the the body that God has given them, is there for a purpose and mm-hmm. for a reason, and yeah. it allows them to do things that the opposite sex can't do yeah, as you, well or do differently the
1: ontological argument like you say created in a certain way for a certain t- purpose and task yeah in men and women to be able to for example produce children yes is part of that is tied in with all of that stuff yeah absolutely
0: yeah and and i think that is a bit that is contrary to to certain aspects of culture but it's really Definitely. important and it's a really important teaching in scripture because um but what it doesn't mean is that in any way um, men and women are of different value because um you know the the scripture is clear that now there's neither male nor female Jew nor Greek slave nor free yeah. in terms of our standing before God exactly we're all, one in, God, yeah. exactly, we're all one in Christ we are all before him and the way he looks at us the way that he judges us the way that he weighs us um and forgives us is all the same mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and that uh, it's not just up to the man to To rule and be the boss and be in charge, you know, like you said earlier in that scripture in Genesis, um, it was the man and the woman Mm. which God gives the command to be fruitful, multiply, rule and subdue the earth. It wasn't just to to Adam; it was to both of them together. They're supposed to rule and reign. Absolutely.
1: Um, The challenge. The challenge is that equality. People. Is equality being the same? Or is equality? You can be different, but of the same value. Mm. And I think the the whole thing of equality is for um, for a woman to gain equality with a man, she has to do everything a man does. Yeah, it's almost like I have to be. She has to be as you know. Has to do all the things that a man can do shows that she's equal, and they're equals. Well, actually, I don't think that's that's true. I think equality is about value and mm. it's about mutual love and respect, and that there are things that women will always be able to do that men won't be able to do. Mm. Childbirth is a prime example. Yeah, we're different, we are, and we may different, but we are equally in God's sight, and therefore we. But we have different roles and responsibilities. In that a woman can carry a child and a man can't. It's a different role. Yeah, yeah. In in life, in society, um, you know, a woman can can create and nurture a baby mm-hmm. from from conception through to you know six months old be, because of her the, what her body is able to do for the baby. That's a man could never do that. So. Yeah. There's no point in me trying to say, well, I want to equality means I have to get all the the body parts a woman has to gain. No, we just we're equally valuable, but we have different things to do within within our our, our world and within within society and within exactly. a marriage. That's the same thing. So. Our wives are no pushovers. No, not we at all. We wouldn't have married <laughs> them if they were. They're strong women. They are, they are independent. There are things that they do really well. In fact, some of our roles are not classical roles. You know, you do a lot no. of the cooking yeah. at home. All the cooking. And My all wife cooking. Sarah does pretty much all the DIY. Yeah. And that's why I give thanks to God every day. And,
0: uh, and that's what we have to be really clear about, <laughs> is when we say that men and women have different roles, what we're not saying is...
1: Classic 1950s standards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're
0: talking about biblical, God-given roles, often related to the body. Mm. you know and you know the, the, the fact is men have for example more testosterone mm-hmm. they have they are they would um more naturally build muscle be more naturally stronger mm-hmm. and in a world where actually up until probably the past what 150 200 years mm-hmm. pretty much all careers were physically driven you mm-hmm. know you needed yeah. to be able to blood sweat and tears exactly. to make stuff work yeah <laughs> exactly there was not pushing buttons wars <laughs> and you, you know you needed fighters and and all these different aspects of life that actually required um, that a man would have to go out to work. He generally kind of, speaking, the man would have
1: the physique and the, the makeup to, to be more successful in that situation. Exactly. Generally,
0: And of course, there's exceptions yeah. to those things. But, but we're talking about a, a general kind of... Um, and I think statement
1: Part part of what we are saying about complementarianism might be unpopular is that we do believe that ultimately um, the the buck stops with the husband. Yeah, the buck stops with the man. Mm-hmm. That's what we see in Genesis. That's what we believe the Bible teaches. It doesn't mean that the woman doesn't have her say, doesn't doesn't have the influence, doesn't sort of um, isn't better at some things than the man is, mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. But but in it all, for my wife Sarah, she's very strong. She'll have her say, but she. She will also let me make the final decision. In any relationship, somebody has to make the final decision. Yeah. And and the complementarianism element and argument is that God has created us to partner together. We're different, same value, but different roles and functions. And I yeah. think that's partly it. But but what you see in the Bible is you see that taught, but it's but it's been misused or mishandled or misinterpreted, and therefore all of a sudden it means oh no, that Christianity in the Bible demeans women. The, one of the other things is there are Bible stories where women are treated awfully, that doesn't mean God condones that at all. In fact, there exactly. there's stories to say this, God hates this stuff, but right. it happens, and these atrocities happen, but it doesn't condone it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not saying this is God's will. And so again, we must have to be careful. If something's described in the Bible, it's not saying this is what God wants. It's just saying, "No, oh, this happened yeah. as a as a lesson for us and something for us to learn from." And it must never happen again, almost. You know, so yeah, so that's important to mention. And
0: even the fact, to be honest, that me- women are mentioned in the Bible is quite <laughs> different to a lot of um,
1: any ancient, ancient writings. writings.
0: No. They're generally invisible, looked over, right? It, uh-
1: totally revolutionary as an ancient document to include. Women in the way that it does. Even books of the Bible named after women, um, Esther yeah. and Ruth, as a prime example. But I, I, note, I you know, I just wrote down some people. You know, Sarah is is Abraham's wife. Mm-hmm. She's listed in Hebrews eleven as a hero of faith. Yeah, um, Rebecca and Rachel again, sort of the patriarchs. Zipporah is Moses wife yeah if she doesn't circumcise his baby boy there's a, there's a there's a story in exodus where god might actually strike him down she saves moses life by her own actions yeah and obedience to god you've got deborah who was this judge prophetess yeah. and a judge who actually had authority and and brought judgment way before judge judy <laughs> and um then you've got and more effectively you've got ruth head. who's like in this stu- in this time of great Um, immorality and and darkness there's this ray ray of light this woman who is faithful to her mother-in-law, becomes the great-grandmother of King David, one of the greatest kings in, Mm. in Jewish history. You've got Rahab this, she's a prostitute but actually she believes and trusts God and she's restored and saves yeah. herself and her family and I mean and these keep, women are making
0: it into the, the line of, the lineage of Jesus
1: yeah exactly you know? they're listed as these, as these part, women who are in Jesus' line absolutely right and, and then in the New Testament you know we talked about Jesus' relationship with Jesus received financial support from women yeah. in his ministry and in what he did that was like revolutionary yeah. no man would ever dream to do that they'd be, he'd sort of, they'd, be ashamed. they'd be totally ashamed Paul describes women in the churches as fellow workers. Yeah, Phoebe is, is described as a deacon in the church who he sends with his own letters and he entrusts to, to her to represent him to mm-hmm. groups of churches, you know, in cities where the the, the the churches were, were being born. Jesus' relationship with Mary and Martha, Jesus' relationship to his mother, mm-hmm. of honoring her. Even as he's suffering on the cross, the one thing he makes sure is that his mum is cared for by his best friend, John. Mm. So you just... You have to read the Bible in its fullness. Yeah. Understand things. There are tricky verses in there. There yeah, are some things that need to be understood more clearly that aren't, on, on initial reading, can look a little bit, mm, mm. is this sexist? Is this a bit dodgy? But actually, um, God wants us to understand that we need to read everything in, in, in its full context and understand things in their time and know what the word is is and the Bible is saying to us today.
0: Absolutely. I think that that's the thing. It needs to be in context. It needs to be understood. But ultimately, God has created men and women equal yeah. but different. Yeah. He's given them equal standing before him. Yeah. He's given every man and woman equal opportunity to come with, come to him and meet him mm-hmm. and be transformed by him. Yeah. And the fact is that every man and woman needs to find Christ. Yeah. And, um, uh, and they're both in need of him and they're both able to receive from him. Yeah. And uh, there's no differentiation there. And ultimately, no. that's the most important thing yeah. of, of all of this stuff is, can can men and women equally come before Jesus? The ultimate level
1: is how you can be saved. Exactly. And it's the same for all of us. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So... A bit of a bit more of a contentious issue um, in, in, in this episode but we hope you've enjoyed that hope you've learned something and uh, as always we'll see you next time.